Welcome to the Marrow Report. The Marrow Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Good evening, everybody. I want to welcome everybody to the program. My guest tonight is Tim Leonard of Leonard Motorsports Marketing. Did I say that right? Jeez. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, I look because I, I put the official Twitter over there, and I'm like, L M M. I hope I'm doing that right. <laughs> well, I think the math added up to that. Yeah, I was like, oh boy. Why? Well, you know, you never know. I, I thought I'd seen it enough today to be sure, but you know, some days, especially with the damn say, we've only talked. For- yeah, we've only talked for like months now. So, yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, well, but you were you were doing something else there for a little bit, and then you got in, then you branched branched off and did your own or doing your own thing now. Yeah, I was uh, selling sheet metal, and then one of my friends within the sheet metal community was like, "Hey, man, you need to get into marketing." I was like, "Eh," and finally he said, "Just put pen to paper, make a logo, make a site, you'll be fine." And then after that, it's just kind of. Then you ended up here. We'll see how that all worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Thanks but, to him. Yeah, I was going to say, but that is far from where the uh, the story starts or ends. But um, so uh, people, okay, for the people who listen to the show on a regular basis know that I can't go too long without talking NASCAR or its subsidiaries. <laughs> I've had Jesse Aluji on. I've had Ward Burton on, who is just a blast yeah. to talk to. Um, Bob Levine. So, this NASCAR thing isn't exactly new, but it kind of it's a thread that kind of runs through the show history, but it's not the normal base of content. So, for my listeners out there, why, why motorsport? Why why? What's the start of the easiest question I can ask you tonight? Why motorsports? I mean, what's better than horsepower? And there's, there's don't ask a horse took, that. <laughs> <laughs> if you took the time to understand that there's more to racing than just turning left, as a lot of people want to say, it's fascinating to understand the business, the science. Uh, if you get into the setups and learn how those operate, it's just you always learn something every day. The more you look into racing, I shouldn't try to do my Ward Burton impersonation, but I just have to. Lord, Mark, I, Mark, Lord, Mark. I, I love you, Ward, but uh. He's like, so what drives your show? My sponsorship, the same thing that drives your show. It just doesn't go on the side of a race car. And he's like, oh. There you go. It goes on the side of the car. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It, it, as soon as I said that, it made sense to him. It kind of took a minute to him. But, um, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. And the work he, uh, seriously, though, the work he does with his foundation is phenomenal. I love seeing the pictures of him out wrestling snakes or burning woods down or planting trees or I mean, he's got to be the hardest-working retired NASCAR driver this side of Harry Gant in quite a while. I mean, Ward Burton, he has so many more talents. And it's just amazing to see how, like, gritty he was on the track and then reconnect with him years later and you see he's still just as gritty. Like, that's Ward Burton. I think he's happier. Plain and simple. And he's happier now than he was. 
Oh, it certainly seems like it. Yeah. So, okay, but that enough about Ward. That's not why I called you. I called <laughs> to talk about you, out. but I, <laughs> Ward's just a fascinating character. And um, so, oh, I think if if somebody is kind of new to the NASCAR community, go back and listen to Ward, and you'll kind of pick up some things, and <laughs> maybe it'll bring you back up to speed where we're at tonight. But um, well, you said you kind of were started selling sheet metal, so you've kind of been around the racing motorsports business for a while then. What got you into selling sheet, yeah, selling sheet metal? Easy for me to sell. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, honestly, I don't know. I just walk into some things and look back like six months later and I go, how did I get here? I just, I bought a piece of sheet metal on a Facebook page. and What'd you buy? What'd then you buy? it turned in. The first piece I ever bought was a Clint Boyer contingency panel off his damnation scheme he ran in Phoenix in 2017. For the, no, for the novelist fan out there, that used to be all the little stickers on the front side of the car. But they don't do that anymore. Yep. Okay. Nope. They don't, it's so boring anymore. Yeah. But then it just turned into, I would try to buy all the small little pieces and say, I've got a piece of everyone's car sitting in my house now. And I got rid of all that, and I've been collecting a lot of Penske metal. So a lot of Penske doors. I have a Logano test door up on my wall that's autographed. Uh, just anything I can get my hands on. And then I'll love it for about a month, and I'll go, yeah, I'm bored with this one now. I'll just sell it. So why not diecast, though? I mean, that's kind of a easier thing to get your die hands cast, on. Yeah, but it's the thrill of the chase, I think, because a lot of people want that one particular item from that one specific race they went to with a girlfriend or a, a son or daughter, and they'll come to me and say, hey, do you know where this could, you know, this piece could be? I'm like, I can, I could find out. It's not going to be cheap, probably, if you're really looking for it. <laughs> it's not going to be cheap, but it's out there. Yeah, it's, I was going to say. It's just, it's fun. It is. I mean, I, I, um, I guess after I started talking to Bob, Bob Levine, I started, because uh-huh. he, he sponsored his own car there for a little bit, and I seen it. I'm like, oh, that'd be a pretty cool thing for my shelf, you know, his construction company, because I just, you know, respected him and what he built and made it to NASCAR. So I bought, you know, I started hunting that diecast then, right? Then you started seeing all over the place. I had, like, go ahead. Yeah, and I've had tons of die casts, but there's something with sheet metals, the actual like physically obtainable piece from that car that kind of makes that difference. Well, see, so then you know, I, I, I fell down the rabbit hole, right? And then I started looking for pieces of the metal from that car, and I then I finally <laughs> fe- well, somebody finally posted one. It was the rear bumper cover off the back of it, and they wanted like four thousand dollars for it. And oh went, God, no! I went, oh well, I'm happy with my die cast. <laughs> Realistically, a Levine bumper should only cost like two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, well, I, I mean that would be more in the not market. four thousand. Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, uh, no, not for me. Okay, so not so much. But, but okay, let's, let's dive deeper into you now because I think we've kind of broke the ice and kind of got to a good point here. Um, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were a troubled young man. Is that fair? Is that a fair statement? Of course, I know it is. Like oh, I said, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how deep you want to get into that, but I'm just going to open that door for you and let you tell that first part, and then we'll get into the turning point, and then we'll tie it all together. I mean, all things considered, I had a really good like upbringing, uh, very supportive mother and father, but just life happens sometimes, and things happen. And I barely graduated high school. It was horrible. And got put on a prescription pill when I it was about 10 years ago or so. It was about 11 now. And I was stuck on it for like 10 years and the doctor would not let me off of it and in turn ended up getting a felony out of it. So then I finally got clean, sober and 
really at this point, I'm just trying to make up for time I've lost due to addiction, due to, you know, mental health and kind of proving myself and everyone else like, Hey, I can do what I set out to do. Like, it doesn't matter what walk of life you came from. If you want to do the right thing, there's ways to get there. Can I dive a little bit deeper into that? Because I mean, everybody assumes and you notice I use that word and those folks uh-huh. here know the show. No, I don't use that word lightly or, you know, easily because of yeah. its connotation, right? So you're on board with what I'm saying. Everybody assumes their doctor has their best interest in mind. But it doesn't sound no. like that was your case. No, not at all. In complete transparency, it was Xanax that I had got on. And the doctor, she had said to me that, and I remember this very specifically, I went to her and I was just heartbroken over a, a relationship I'd been in. It was almost like two years. I was in love with this girl. Like, I was going to marry that girl. And she just says, you know, we're done one day. And it just broke my heart. And instead of a doctor talking me through it, she goes, well, here, take some Xanax. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like, I'm not that naive, but I didn't know what Xanax was. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she says, let's make the anxiety go away. I was like, that's perfect. And really, it's only supposed to be for, like, short-term use, three to six months or less. And she just left it on me for 10 years. And every time I'd ask, it's not something you can just cold turkey stop taking. You have to be weaned off very carefully. And she would just say, eh, nah, never mind. Uh, I don't really want to. And it just, it got to the point where it was consuming me. Like it wasn't impacting jobs or anything. Cause for some reason I love money more than that. So I'd always be at work on time, stay over and all that. But it was just, I would go through prescriptions in two weeks instead of four. And it just, it was horrible. And to this day, like, I still take medication for, you know, depression and that, but I thoroughly have vetted the doctor I have now, and I refuse to take anything where I say at one point, if I want to stop taking it, what do you think? And they say, well, you know, most of them should say, if you want to stop taking this, absolutely, we'll, we'll get you off that. They say, well, I just don't continue with that doctor at all. And I think that is part of the real reason. I mean, obviously, I love talking NASCAR, as you could tell, by, based off the first conversation. Oh, yeah. But uh, I wanted to get that message out there because I think that's an important message to share. As we, like I said, as we kind of tie this whole back together and work back through that. I mean, that was. I mean, ten years is. I mean, I'm not good at math. I mean, I'm like you, but yeah. barely got out of high school. But six months to ten years is <laughs> about a finger is how many times more than it should be. <laughs> yeah, and. Finally, when the world came crashing down and I had gone to rehab, the first time I'd gone to a rehab was for alcohol. And they knew at that point I'd done Xanax for like five years. And they had said, you know, that's okay. I said, well, I I don't really want it. Like, I just don't feel right. This, that, and the other. I crave it. Full addiction. Every earmark of it. And they just said, yeah, you're fine. So then five years later, when I was finally able to get off of it, the rehab and all the clinicians in there were just dumbfounded that I was on it for 10 years. They were like, "You at this milligram and th- that many years, you should be dead. I was like, well, thank God I'm not, but... Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for the good news there. Yeah. Um. So, this is going to be a tricky question to ask, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but which addiction yeah, fueled the other? Do you know? The, I, the Xanax definitely, for, at least for me, fueled the alcoholism. Because the way the brain works is you mix the two together and it just creates this weird, like, not like you're seeing things, but like a nice euphoria 
And you say, oh, well, if I take a little more alcohol, and then it helps the brain receptors collect more. I'm trying to sound like I'm a doctor. I have no clue what I'm talking about. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to say, none of this is medical advice for anybody out there who thinks it is. Yeah, no. Deeply mistaken. But it, it, (laughs) sorry, guys. (laughs) But it's when you mix alcohol and Xanax together, it really heightens the effects of it, and the brain just ends up saying, I need more of that. And I never really drank before it, and ever since, I haven't drank since I got off the Xanax. And that was a year and nine months ago almost. And I just, I have no interest to drink. So let's pull this full circle. Well, one of the full circles I want to go. Notice racing pun. Um, ah. the, the addiction part, does racing, I don't want to say cure that addiction, but I don't want to say feeds that addiction need that you have either. So I don't know which word I want to put on that, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, sheet metal, definitely. <laughs> the amount of money I've spent on sheet metal is just, it's, it's horrible. But the, the thrill of being able to chase after something is kind of like that high, like, Everyone has that one thing that they love to do, and mine just happens to be working in NASCAR, collecting the sheet metal, buying, selling, trading it, and really talking to other people and fans that are around the industry. And that, I guess, is the quote-unquote drug now. Well, it seems to be working for you, at least. I'm not going to prescribe it to people. Of course, it does remind me of that my favorite joke. Well, one of them. What? How do you become? How do you become a, a millionaire? I'm, how does a billionaire become a millionaire? Oh, starts a race team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually heard that one like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, "That's pretty accurate." Yeah, that's how do you say. go bankrupt? Start a race team. <laughs> I say, it is very. It seems to be very accurate. I don't. I mean, uh, I, oh, the the amount of money that that have you ever been to like have a VIP pass to a race? Like where you're in the pits and everything? So, no, I haven't. But, okay, so full disclosure. Okay, let's tell this story for a minute. Uh, the only race I've ever been to was the 2006 Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. And so, okay. listen to this. So, we, we were down there with a friend of mine, and we went to this, you know, barbecue place. And we we're sitting at this table, and, you know, we we're getting food. And the guy overhears us that we're going to the race. And uh, he says, here, have my two tickets. I'm not going. And I said, oh, Okay. <laughs> I've already got tickets. He's like, take these. These are better than yours. Not even, you know, no questions asked where we're sitting. These are better than yours. Right? And I said, oh, okay, whatever, you know. Uh-huh. So I, I go and I sit in the, they're like, free lows back of the flag stand, like right there. And I'm like, oh, they are nice. better than mine. So that's <laughs> as close as I've been. But it was, I mean, that's close as you want to be, I think. Oh, yeah. So, but no, no I've never been on in the garage side or anything like that. So, no. Oh, the the amount of money that you see just rolling around right there, and the the deals that go down in the garage area, it's like you could take the how busy New York City is and drop it down in the middle of a racetrack, just with the business and the money that's changing hands and what's going on. One of my good memories I just had from uh, Road America was I was in the uh, the garages after Noah Gregson just took his hard right and wiped out the entire field <laughs> and we were picking up me and another buddy we were picking up sheet metal that they had just literally dumped and we were taking it out and handing out to kids outside the fence and all that just you know give back to the kids and i had a piece of jordan anderson's i actually had the whole front end of one of his cars and jordan anderson walks up to me and he goes hey man i hate to be that guy and i just looked at him i was like it's not free and he goes but i need that back because what they do with the body panels that don't go out to the public they can return them back to Five Star, which is the company that makes the body panels. 
and they get a credit. And so he said, you know, I really need to take this back because you would think a name, yeah. you know, if you've heard a name, you're like, oh, they've got money. It is so narrow that window of profit and loss that Jordan Anderson came up and said, I need that completely destroyed front end back. And I said, well, the best thing I can do is just say, if you've got a couple ice cold Dr. Peppers, I would gladly trade you. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, he was drinking the Dr. Pepper. So I was like, I want a Dr. Pepper for this. And he just laughs and he goes, well, come on in the hall or get out of the heat and enjoy the air conditioning. I'll get you some Dr. Pepper. I was like, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, well, but I, I do. Well, Jordan has an interesting story too, because he's building that team the hard way. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, and I told him, I said, Hey, I actually took parts of other parts of that car of yours and I gave it to the kids. He goes, no, no, that's fine. He's like, but I just need that back because I do get some recycling fee credit. And I was like, that makes sense. But I don't think people realize how narrow, if it's not for sponsorship, these teams don't exist. And when there is no sponsorship and that car is still on the track, it's hemorrhaging tens of thousands of dollars to be a backmarker. No matter if it's Big Sandy Truck, Arca, Cup, 10 to 25,000 loss automatically. Oh, more than that. It's gotta be more than that. Oh. It, being very conservative, it's, it's just a ridiculous number and, some I mean, of them chase it because they say, well, next week maybe we'll have a sponsor. I mean, dragging the car to the track is going to cost that much money before you pay oh, anybody. Yeah, that's a couple thousand dollars right there. And then you have the tires. That's a couple thousand a set. And then you have fuel. And it just adds up so quick. So Germantown Run wants me to ask you a question. We'll get back in the racing, I'm sure. So we're just going to go back to his question for a minute because <laughs> apparently he wasn't done with the first topic. Uh, no, that's fine. How did he become clean and sober? Did you use a specific program? I went to a 30-day inpatient rehab, and that was the hardest thing to do is just check in and say, hey, I've got an issue. And then after that, I did not take the route of AANA. It just, for me personally, it wasn't going to work. And I ended up using just sober friends and my church and just kind of community things like that to help me remain sober through the the really hard months the first few months so i'm gonna, double, I'm gonna double down on that question though because okay. i normally ask people when they have like a paranormal experience right when they come out to people and tell them there's always this mixed bag of people supportive and the alternative like they're going crazy i'm not sure that's the case in your case i'm sure there were people that were supportive of you getting clean and sober but i'm sure you had some friends who love the party animal oh yeah it, I, as soon as I became sober, I lost all my friends. You hear the joke about it, but it is 100% true when people are like, oh, you don't want to, you know, go get hammered. You don't want to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, I just want to, you know, hang out. Oh, well. And that, that was the hardest thing is just being alone all the time and sober. Man, it's one thing being alone and drunk. Alone and sober is much worse. I was going to say that, that first transition there of coming back out and, you know, not knowing what to do had to be harder than being in almost. Oh, you, you feel like a newborn and you come in back into the world and you don't know how to deal with any emotion. You know, when you've had such a dependency on a chemical for so long, you, you don't know what to do. I remember I had like this horrible face tick and it was just muscle spasms all the time and I couldn't hold a pen and I thought it was just going to be permanent and that of course makes me more depressed and I'm like, oh no, now I can't write anymore. I can't just smile without my face freaking out but it all went away but it was it was tough 
Oh, I can't. I can't imagine being in that no. at, being in that spot or being. I mean, there's several spots in the story that kind of make me. I don't want to say cringe, but again, I, I, my vocabulary is not big enough to pick out a better word. Hey, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're here to tell about it, so. Um. Well, I've I've lost quite a few friends, unfortunately, to drunk driving accidents, uh, overdoses, suicides that stem from it. And those were all the warnings that I had in life to say, hey, don't go down that path. And, of course, things happen, and you still do. And it's really now I just try to live to be a better person and then also kind of honor them in a way. Just say, hey, I I understand you didn't make it, but if I can help people stop getting to that point, then it would be, you know, worth it. So. We're live, but just hang out with me for just a second. Uh, I've got, I'm going to insert some air in here because I'm going to insert a commercial to the recorded show, but not the live show. Okay. Okay. Just, I know, ridiculous, but my live, (laughs) my live listeners love it. My recorded listeners get an ad right there. Sorry guys, but you know, somebody's got to pay the bills and you got to be here live and then you don't get the ads. But okay, anyways, uh, <laughs> this is how this is going to work. Uh, so, yep. Germantown Red wants me to ask you, what's the state of professional motorsports in America? Boy, that was a mouthful. Is it a healthy what's industry it? or is it struggling? It, loaded question, but loaded response is, it's good, but it's it's struggling because they're still trying to operate where they were 20 years ago. and It's not practical in this day and age. So, like, the issue we have with Kyle Busch not having sponsorship, it's not Kyle Busch. It has well, nothing well, to do with well, Kyle well, Busch. Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> 20 $30 million, and it's just not possible. Kyle Busch came in, and you hear it all over now, but Kyle Busch came in at a great time, the, you know, mid-2000s. Oh, he came in at Unfortunately, peak. drivers, yeah. Drivers don't get paid that anymore. There's not the viewership. There's not the fans. There's you don't sell as much merchandise. It's it's good, but unfortunately, the operating costs for some are still so high that it's going to take a lot of heartbreak to get it back down. So since we're there, and uh, you know, this is kind of nerdy for all the uh, other stuff. But, um, does does Kyle end up at Joe Joe Gibbs again, or are we, was he walking, or are you are you gonna hire him? Or? No. Oh God, if I could hire him, I'd bring you along with me, and you could be the PR guy because I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> oh no, sure. I would. I don't know anything that everyone else doesn't know. I would just say I believe he's gonna stay there for at least one more year, and if they can bring sponsorship in, then he'll probably get a cut out of that back to him. But the thing is with Kyle is he's a paid driver. He doesn't bring his own sponsors. All the sponsors he's had have been with Joe Gibbs themselves for so long. And that 18 car back when Bobby Labonte and JJ Ailey drove it. Yeah. So interstate's been a lot forever. Of, oh yeah. Been since the nineties, I think eight yeah. late eighties, early nineties, late uh, mid nineties when uh, yeah. uh, Dale Jarrett took, well, they started the team with Dale. Yeah, yeah. It's just some drivers don't bring sponsorship. There, there's a couple drivers that I've I represent that I can't really disclose, but there, there's one of them right now that's an A top tier 
driver in the Cup Series, and I can never tell people that he needs sponsorship. He also doesn't care to look for his own sponsorship. Okay. So he basically says, I want to show up and I will drive. Anything else? No. And this guy's won races. And so it's just, that's the kind of thing Kyle Busch is in. I, I show up to drive. I don't do the business. But I, I keep hearing, who is that that said, I'm a businessman? Who was that? Uh, oh, my. Somebody will, somebody will help us here in the live audience here in a second. Um, yeah, but, help us out. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we just both hit a wall. That was bad. Yeah. Or maybe we're Kyle Larson <laughs> and hit Ty Dillon. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> God, that would look horrible. That looks hard. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, you've got to be willing to sell something. Right? I mean, yeah. you've got your own brand on the line. If you want to go, fa- I mean, if you want to be in a fast car, you got to do something. And I don't doubt that Kyle is trying, and I don't doubt that Joe Gibbs is definitely trying, and Toyota, because... Toyota's with Kyle through everything. Yeah, well, everything they've got, they've got does, money invested even in him. Yeah, but it just goes to show that the best still can't get sponsorship sometimes. And the hardest thing I have to deal with trying to get sponsorship for the people I work for and with is, hey, I've got this driver. We're going to be here. We're going to be here. What can you do? And they just say, bad time of the year the market's bad the economy's doing this and it's just so many things play into it that you're not you can't get a sponsor for kyle bush it's gonna be 10 times harder if you get a sponsor for the little guy well, I, I, even I, at a fraction of the price don't don't take this the wrong way but it's not meant to be the wrong way but you come from the bottom up right you're trying to sell people more on potential in the the arca and the truck and <laughs> the lower end yeah. stuff which may be i'm using big air quotes here cheaper right but, oh, it's a lot cheaper. But at the end of the day, it's also a smaller piece of the pie, legitimately, too, where people are seeing, you know, it's not cup, it's not on NBC. Yeah, and I had the numbers, actually, earlier for the viewership rating. For this past weekend, Cup Series got 3.37 million, while Arkham Menard saw 219,000. Yeah. So but I mean, it costs so much less. It, you can get on a hood of a ARCA car, depending on who the driver is, for fifteen hundred bucks. If you catch them on a good day, you could get it for five hundred bucks. I've sold the section of the hood on the Cup Series; those go for ten, twelve, fifteen thousand, depending on what car I go on. Okay, guys, start to go find me. We're going to do this while we're we're talking about this tonight. Yep. <laughs> Go fund us. <laughs> Go fund me, and I'll, I'll I'll sell the spot to him, and he can put it on whatever car we can raise enough money to get on. And by the way, that was Jay Z. I'm not a business. I'm a business man. Think like a business because you are a business. There's some show I'm trying to remember. I think it was Parks and Rec where they tried to rap on the businessman. <laughs> Just came, they came off with some off the cusp, and I'm like, I'm drawing a blank right now. And uh oh. Sweeten the deal. If we raise that, what, $15,000 you said, we'll get the hood and hang it in the studio instead of my hand curved sign. I've tried to do that, too. I had somebody that really wanted to go on a ARCA car, and they said, hey, I'll give you X more if it basically paid for a new hood for us. But they were like, I'll do that. But then it came like down to crunch time, and it just was not working. But he was like, you know, I still have the hood. I'm like, I need you to pay for the hood. He's like, I just want the hood. I'm like, I, I can't just give you a hood. 
Oh, yeah. I said, hey, for the right price, we will gladly take that hood off and ship it to you. Enjoy it. Yeah, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. We got it. Well, that's a few pennies away from where we're at right now. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're in for a penny, you're in for the pound or however that goes. I was going to say, we're just butchering all kinds (laughs) of sayings here tonight. Oh, yeah. Somewhere somewhere there's some um, English person just about ready to scream, which is probably good. Uh, Uh, Good for them. (laughs) But how, I mean... But you're approaching, I don't want to say you're approaching the same companies because you're probably not approaching M&M's, uh, what is it, Mars, whatever group that is. Or, but are you? No. I guess maybe it's the question. I've approached a few that I've seen that don't have a long-term contract with a specific driver. And I've also had companies come to me that work with a specific driver company and say, hey, we want to dip our toes in the Xfinity series, we want to dip it in Cup series and things like that. And I say, you know, respectfully, you got to talk to those teams and say, is it okay if I also spend my money somewhere else? Because some of these teams aren't going to allow that. And they really don't like when you step on their toes. Because if, let's say Mars was actually paying Kyle Bush like $20 million or whatever, and I say, hey, Mars, I can get you over here for five, and they never really left the sport. They just went over and paid $15 million less. Joe Gibbs would probably come to my house personally <laughs> and whoop me. First, he's got to call into this podcast. Just for the record. Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, call oh. on the podcast. We'll do a live one with <laughs> Joe, Joe Gibbs ang- angry, at your house. <laughs> angry at your house. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a it's a decency thing of just don't do it. You don't really tell people that help out, like, hey, don't contact the person that's already sponsoring so-and-so. But if you know it's a one-off, you can ask, hey, did that go how you expected it? Did you feel like you got your money's worth, or do you want to go? Which way would you like to go? So back to the question of uh, driver driver X. I don't I, you obviously can't say his name, but the cup level driver who has multiple race wins. We're going to call him driver X for the sake of this conversation for the, going forward here. Okay. But but you think about like we're just going to keep ripping on Kyle because it's fun. I mean, <laughs> all all the M and M stuff he does, all that merch, and all. The, I mean, he may not be the, but he is. I mean, he's kind of the face of M and M right now, right? And he does kind of sell them. Good, bad, yeah. or indifferent. He does put that, I mean, we all know the M&M car, or the Skittle car, right? The Candyman. Oh, yeah. Right, we do know him. So, f- how much work does a driver, I mean, even drivers who are quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes here again, lazy, but they have to put a certain amount of time into their sponsor deals, too. And some of the, what a driver will do is simply just quick photos and maybe a video or two. And that's all they do. And to me, which this is hard for me to say for a guy that's trying to ask companies for money, I would rather spend my money towards someone who's really going to take that and be an ambassador of my brand, like Kyle Busch with M&M's. Just that's when you see the M&M's car, you don't question. And when you see Kyle Busch, you don't question. See Kyle Busch, like, oh, this guy drives M&M's car. Well, I can't talk today. M&M's car. And vice versa. Oh, M&M's car? I must be Kyle Busch. Like, it becomes an identity. Your company becomes an identity of the driver and the fan base. Now, God, I'm going to show my NASCAR age here, though. Not my real age, my NASCAR age. Get off my lawn, get ready. <laughs> but it used to be the, the GM Goodwrench number three, the Miller Lite number two, the Kodak number four, right? You knew, I mean, that was it. They had the one scheme, the one sponsor, and that was it. Yep. Well, Dale Senior there towards the end did run some one-offs, but pretty pretty close to 
one-off, I mean, one scheme. And he sold a lot of diecasts when he did the, the one-offs. But, yes, raise, raise hell, praise Dale. Um, <laughs> but praise hell, praise Dale. I, I, I hate to ask this question. It's But is, is that part of NASCAR's decline when it, you don't know, you don't have that brand loyalty between the, the sponsor and the car and the driver? Because like, I feel that because we 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 were joking about Kyle again, but we got Interstate batteries and M and M's and Skittles and um, what's the other one? Dewalt and anyways, go ahead and answer the question. Home Depot. And, yeah. Well, even Lowe's. Like it. To me, it seems like that it. I'm trying to figure out how to put it in words that make sense, but my brain's just going. Eh. Yeah, you're you're just like me. I'm all over the place <laughs> and rumbling, rumbling through. Uh, it. NASCAR is still trying to operate at that value, and they just don't have it anymore. You don't half the time you didn't care who was driving the M&M's car if you were a kid and that was your favorite candy, or if you're a diehard Home Depot guy and you hate Lowe's. Well, you always root for that Home Depot car. It didn't matter if Stewart or Logano were driving it. And unfortunately, there's just that disconnect anymore, and the value just isn't there for big companies to step back in and say, I will be the face of your, your team, et cetera, et cetera. Because it, it's very demanding for me to even ask uh, 7500 for, you know, a lower quarter panel on an Xfinity or Cup car. And, and a lot of companies just go, I don't know if I can do that. And it comes with media, press releases. It comes with a whole bunch of stuff that the company can use, and it's a tax write-off. So you would think <laughs> it's a win-win-win, checks all those boxes that a small business owner wants, and realistically, no. They can be very successful business owners, but the money just doesn't make sense. So let's let's take a little stroll here because we've got a... Oh my goodness, 26 minutes left. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. Uh, it's flying. I knew it would. Bad NASCAR pun again. So here we are. Somebody's, good thing they're not drinking on these puns tonight because they'd probably be. Oh, anyways. Ugh, oh. They'd be annihilated. <laughs> um, Arca. Um, where, where is it? I mean, it used, is it still the Arca Menard series or did they drop yeah. Menards? No, Menards is still a okay. sponsor of it. So, for the, I mean, you have to be a real hardcore racing aficionado and know who Arca is. But. Um, is that still the, the 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 bottom rung of that cup ladder? Yeah, it's still one of the feeder series that's below uh, truck series. Like uh, Mid Ohio, a couple weeks ago, John Hunter came and raced down there, and I'm trying to remember. Well, like uh, Taylor Gray, he raced the Arca and then raced the trucks at IRP the last weekend. So, even though it's not directly NASCAR, there's still a lot of involvement. Kyle Busch owns a team down there too. Because we don't talk enough about Kyle today. <laughs> I was going to say we can't. We can't go five minutes. We're going to have to tag him in the show later. Um, yeah. So they kind of have their own niche curved out. Again, because I'm drilling towards conversation here. The truck series obviously is there to sell trucks, right? Yeah. The Xfinity series. Absolutely. Now I've heard this rumor for a while. Maybe you've probably heard it too, but you might have an insight. They're going to go electric at some point. I have not heard anything. Oh, good. I'm glad that you and, and total In total honesty, I've not heard anything about that. I okay. saw a news article that somebody on Twitter put out, and I was just like, yeah, they're probably going to test it. And that's it. But I, th- I think the Xfinity series needs its own kind of niche. 
like I said, because you've got the Cup Series. I mean, the Cup Series is the Cup Series, right? And the trucks yeah. are selling trucks, but what's the Xfinity Series doing right now? See, I think the Truck Series needs to get their act together a little bit in terms of how they race each other. Can, can we be honest about the Truck Series for a minute? Sure. Oh, you're right. They need to get their act together, totally, because it's become a clown show. Mm-hmm. And that's being oh. nice. Haley Deegan said, like, what, two months ago that it's, she politely said it's a joke. She needs she needs out and of that series. She's a talented driver. She needs out of that series she, before she develops bad habits. To show my age, I used to watch her dad uh, in early 2000s, Viva La Bam, and <laughs> Brian Deegan with Metal Militia just tearing it up. And then years and years ago when I heard she's doing, like, trophy trucks and stuff like that, I'm like, Deegan, Deegan, Deegan. Oh, it's Brian's daughter. She is a great talent. And she has some good points, but people discredit her because she only gets top 20 finishes. Yeah. Or she gets into a little fire controversy. Controversy. I can't talk. <laughs> it's okay. And and it's just, she has a point. It's just become... Well, she gets for, ran over by some people. I mean, there's just oh, idiots yeah. out there. And they don't the like her that, because she's a woman and, you know, all this other stuff, so... Well, and for people that don't want to take the time to really educate themselves, go watch a replay or the highlight reel of Cup Series at Indy Road Course this past weekend. Watch that shit show. <laughs> and then that's basically what the trucks try to do to themselves every week, no matter where they are. So I'm, I'm going to fix the truck series. You ready? Ready. Thursday or Friday night, short track under a mile. That's it. Start right, be wild. Starting in like mid May, running through mid September. That'd be wild. Because there are there are good drivers that get shuffled so far in the back of the field, like Brad Perez, like Josh Rayum, Rayum Brothers Racing. They have a truck team, and they are hard. Like all these truck teams are hardworking, but there are some really dedicated people that just want to go out and have some fun, log laps, get a little paycheck, and they get their shit wrecked in two laps. Yeah. Because everyone just drives in above their heads. Yeah, it's it's a joke. That's what I'm saying. You need to go all short track racing, and just and he, I mean, because that I mean the beating and banging is just kind of part of that. Then, but it won't be oh, at, yeah. it won't gonna... be at such a speed where you're you know killing trucks either. And I think that brings back what the Xfinity series is, right? The bigger tracks and more experience and. Yeah, it's like you graduate and you graduate again. Now Xfinity series would be great to have more of their own standalone tracks. Kind of like their own crown jewels. Yeah. Don't ask me where they would be. I live in Illinois, and I would say put it back in Chicagoland Speedway. Don't put it in Chicago. Nobody around here cares that it's in Chicago. Didn't they bulldoze that place Take... yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm only about 20 minutes from it, and it's still standing, and they're still taking care of it. But I, I, but okay, so maybe not. But either maybe Wednesday night or Thursday night. You know, we have there's a wrestling fan in the crowd right now, and I'm thinking Wednesday night main event. Get those trucks, get a couple heat races in a main event, and it'd probably draw better than Cup. Oh yeah, if you would take it back to like grass, true grassroots racing, and do heats and final round qualifiers, and then just send it. Yeah. That'd be great. That's what I'm saying. It'd draw better than Cup. Because oh, the show would be smaller, would you'd be at small small tracks. You could do uh, for your sponsors. You could do tons of engagements in those towns. It'd be great. Oh, it'd be awesome, and that would be something a lot more like when they would go to Eldora. Eldora had a 
set way of doing things, and regardless of Tony Stewart owns it or not, they knew how to entice the fans into, it could be the most boring race, but they are enjoying every minute of it because of what the track's putting on and what the truck series was putting on. Yeah. I mean, Tony does a great job outdoor, by the way. But... Oh, God. So good. He needs to run some more and, tracks, but that's here or there. <laughs> and everyone's like, how do we get back to NASCAR again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Left, left, left turn in this interview. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, but I, I, I told them. I had, I had them up front. This was going to be one of those shows. Yeah. Okay. So what, do we need to fix the Cup Series, though? Is it broken? Is the Cup Series broken? It. Because I have an idea. I think. Let's hear yours. Now, see, this is kind of this is wild. Okay. But remember a couple of years ago when they did the Pocono doubleheader mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday? I loved that. Yeah. That was two races one weekend. But I want to do it somewhere where you can have a Saturday night race, like Bristol. Let's take Bristol for example: a Saturday night race and a Sunday afternoon race. What if? Just like, okay, for example, what I just brought up, Chicagoland Speedway. Saturday night race Chicagoland Speedway. Sunday you race the street course in Chicago. Yeah, something. And that way, then you could shorten the season down and be between football and football. Yeah, football is very important. But (laughs) they need to shorten the races. I think Cup Series has been turning around. I think what they've been doing is good. I think, like Denny Hamlin at Pocono, they just ripped that win out of his hands couple hours later and they're really setting a standard i think it's going to be good i was totally shocked when i heard that by the way i was shocked that they didn't appeal it but then i also understood what they were looking like how it looked on their side of yeah we blatantly just cheated okay and joe gibbs they've always been known for cheating so maybe if they say god i'm not gonna have any business after this but here we go boy you're just uh (laughs) joe gibbs is gonna be calling us here in a second Joe and Kyle are going to be aligned just to beat the <laughs> snot out of us. They've been known to manipulate the rules, and I think if they step up and say, hey, you know, we blatantly screwed up on this, our bad, NASCAR would be like, okay, okay, well, that's did. cool. And they're going to turn the light off on that for a while and say, yeah. you know, you apologize, you learned your lesson. It's like you get pulled over for speeding, and the cop says, okay, I don't want to catch you speeding the rest of the night. Well, what do you do three miles down the road? You punch it. Joe Gibbs is, they're in like mile one, give it a couple more weeks, mile two and three, and they're going to punch it and just do something else. You have to cheat to succeed anymore in racing, not in life. If you can get away Bad with it. Bad idea, kids. Well, it's, well, it, oh, yeah. it's only, it's only cheating if you get caught, first and foremost. Uh. Right. <laughs> and, and for what, you know, they just said, hey, we were cheating. Oops. We didn't know we couldn't do that. Yeah, I was going to say, and, um, I think it was Daryl Waltrip that said, you know, something about uh, make make them write the rule. So yeah, well, there's something. I don't know if it was a Dale Junior download or, or I, I might just be completely dreaming this because it'd be really awesome. But <laughs> they were talking about how uh, Earnhardt Senior had nitrous in the car. Yeah, that was the Junior download. <laughs> yeah, it was like everyone would say now that's awesome, but you know. 25, 30 years ago when it was happening. Oh, that's unacceptable. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's still fun. Oh, it's always fun. It gets, it gets people talking. It gets more people to look. And even if you say, yeah, oh, that's cheating. 
a lot of people are going to go, well, that was nice. They at least admitted their own mistake. <laughs> um, so it's a win, win, win. I mean, Denny lucked out and <laughs> Kyle Bush lucked out because <laughs> we haven't talked about him in five minutes again. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Elliott, I thought what he did was very mature and just saying, I didn't really feel like I want this. Is there anybody? Okay. Now we're going to rip on Denny for a second. Not rip on Denny because he was, I listened to Door Bumper Clear today. God. I what was a, listening to that earlier before we got talking. <laughs> what a show that is. I always, oh, I mean, so good. But uh, Denny was on there, right? And he was saying, mm-hmm. he's saying that he gave Chase the trophy, but his daughter kept the checker flag. That's all well and cool. I get it, right? Yeah. That's perfect. But is there anybody better on social media than Denny, Ham- Denny Hamlin right now? I mean, his sense of humor, I, you have to get it, but once you get it. Oh, it's gold. I was honestly thinking before we even started talking this evening, I was listening to that and I'm like, you know, Denny Hamlin on track. Most people can't stand him. Denny Hamlin, when he takes a helmet off, is one of the funniest people. He's a riot. And it's like, yeah, I'd go have a beer with that guy. When he puts a helmet on, you're like, I don't like Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I bet that's what you want, though, right? Oh, yeah. I I prefer to have a driver that I like have a personality. And not just be cookie car like, yeah, I showed up, I did my job, okay, bye-bye. Denny Hamlin says wherever the hell he wants, when he wants to say it, it's on Denny's time. And, and we'll mention Kyle again, love him or hate him. Oh, yeah, Kyle Bush, how's he been? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has a personality, but I think he, uh, I think he plays into it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, Kyle knows. Another reference, you know, wrestling reference, right? He knows he's the heel, and he leans, he leans just into it. Oh, yeah. No, he will... He never does anything, it seems like, to ease tension. So he's like, oh, Kyle Bush wrecked me. He's like, hmm, maybe. He maybe had no intention at all. Maybe he doesn't remember. But he's like, yeah, well, okay, well, it makes me look like an ass. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I was going to say, Kyle Bush wrecking somebody, I'm surprised. But speaking of people that wreck people. Oh, God. Got to mention Ross Chastain Chast- right now. Ross Chastain? That was easy for me to say. Um, that, uh... I mean, wait, that... <laughs> I thought he... I don't know where he came from the other day on the last lap there. Like, he dropped out of the sky. Speaking of uh, door bumper clear, I'm going to pull a Brett Griffin in. What an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Did you think nobody was going to notice that you took a freaking shortcut? Like, good on you for thinking that there's a loophole that you can find, but literally, not be more literally a loophole. <laughs> yeah, literally. He just says, you know, and he's like, oh, I couldn't turn. And this... You drove straight, dude. You yeah. drove so straight. You're just like, I'm going this way. And uh, it's, we had no business being there. I'm sorry. It was fun one year and watching everyone wreck, but the second year, it just... Uh, okay. So I'm going to give you the the golden ticket. So we have uh, to write, We have to be an Indy, right? Yeah. Not necessarily at the Indy road course, but would you rather go to IRP or the, the Oval? I uh, I would love to actually see them on IRP. Because, you know, my truck series, my Wednesday night series is going to IRP. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I would love to see all of them go to IRP instead. I don't really think that, unfortunately, the Brickyard's just, it's not there anymore. Fans, again, it all goes back to the fans' money and all that. Fans don't want to sit there for four hours in the blazing sun in Indy 
watching cars go in a rectangle. So now, now the NASCAR Pierce is going to come out and kill me right here. There we go. You ready? Yep. Hate, hate mail comes to me on this one. This is all me. Wednesday night we got <laughs> we've got the trucks at IRP. Thursday night we'll leave open right. Then we'll do the Xfinity series on. Or wait, Friday night we'll do Xfinity. Saturday we'll do Cup at IRP, and then we'll do the Indy 500 on Sunday. That would be one of the coolest things I think to ever exist. I mean, I know it gets rid of the, the Coke 600, but man, all the people—I mean, because all those fans are already in Indy, and they—they they yeah. have most of them have a passion for motorsports. So if you if you're there, they would come over. Oh. One thousand percent. Tons of them were, just from what I know from people being at Indy and IRP. They were jumping back and forth that Friday night, Saturday, yeah, and Sunday. Oh, that's a great idea. Patent that. Write that down. Somebody, somebody, sell that to co- um, somebody. Get Marcus. Get Marcus Lemonis on the phone. We'll have the Camping World trifecta, or whatever four is. What? Did you see that uh, Camping World is pulling out at the end of the year? Yeah, I'm not surprised though. I don't. I, I yeah. mean, it's kind of reached peak value, right? Because I don't think he could do anything else. Um, he's he's put tons of money. Actually, what was it two years ago? He was running this campaign where you uh, tag him and explain why he should sponsor you. And I helped a guy in Wisconsin get sponsorship for him and his dad for just a local asphalt team. Because yeah, I, I all I did was just keep retweeting Marcus and bugging the piss out of him. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, look at this guy! Hey, look at this guy!" And he, the kid messaged me. He's like, "Dude, I appreciate it." I was like, "Hey, I'm resentless. Like, hey, just get this guy." <laughs> and it worked out that they had Camping World and a good Sam. Is this good Sam? Yeah. yeah, sponsoring them for the whole year, two cars. Yeah, I don't know. Should have got paid for that, but. <laughs> Well, that's okay. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, why work? Why work for money? Work for free. <laughs> Speaking of Kyle Bush, how's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Has he signed yet? Anybody? Nah, I don't know. Let me ask nobody that I would know that have anything to do with that. <laughs> what happened to my sound? You sound all tinny all of a sudden, which is weird, but that's okay. We'll just keep going with it because we're almost done. Um, that's okay. Probably some internet issue on my end. Um, so what's the hard, what's the hardest part? Uh, okay, so I'm assuming. Okay, back to Driver X, but he doesn't have to be a cup driver now. We'll just whatever series you want to go with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you've got your packet of information about the series and all that stuff and his stuff, and you ship it over to me because I'm a potential sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. But that that's, that's not where, is- that, that, that's not where it ends. That's just the beginning, right? Well, like, what I'm doing at the... Okay, with Driver X, for example, if I came to you, I'd say, I can't tell you who the driver is. Okay. For for, for that main example. So you're going to look at me and go, why am I going to give you twenty-five, dollars $35,000 if I can't know who's driving? I'd just say, listen, man, you got to trust me. Like, it's all good. <laughs> and just take your money and run. But if I come to you and you say, yeah, let's do that. And I say, okay, then I... I basically just take your information and I hand it off to the team and say, here, you draw up your contracts and everything like that. Build this little beautiful bridge. We all walk across it. Shake hands on the other side. It's, it's, that part's the easiest. Finding someone who wants to do it is the hardest. 
Yeah, that's just, that's... I probably sent I probably sent a thousand emails in the past two months to all these companies. I'll hear back from maybe 10, not even ten percent, like two percent. Uh, cold calling gets you basically nowhere right now. I got told to fo one day by a guy. <laughs> all I do is I said, "Hey, my name is Tim Leonard, and I'm uh, owner of Leonard Motorsports Marketing. I'm representing so and so." We're looking for, you know, do you have a minute to talk? And just fuck you and click. Oh, like, oh, oh, okay. Call him back. So I wrote on the, I wrote on my notes because I have a whole legal pad where I keep all these notes when I call someone. Call back in six months. <laughs> and sure as hell, in six months, I'm going to look at that and go, yeah, I'll call him back. Like, hey, man. You, you want so- to apologize and just give us some money? Well, I mean, what's the lifespan of a guy like that in a company, though? That's the other thing that drives me nuts, right? Because you know, you know, good guys like that finish last. They'll be oh, the yeah. president or somewhere else. So you might have a shot with that company. Well, the problem, like, even with people that are uh, content creators on TikTok that own their own business to the side, not just all I do is stand in front of my phone and dance, but they actually have like a clothing line or something like that. I've tried to reach out to them so many times and say, listen, I just want you to listen. Like, I actually have something that fits you perfectly, and I love your brand and what you do. I would love to put it on a higher platform, and I never respond. If you tell me the FO like that one guy did, I'm fine with that. At least you oh, yeah. told me how you felt. I'm totally, I'm I know you've read with these. You. When, I, when oh, it comes yeah. to getting a guest, if you, if you tell me no, are you out of your freaking mind, I'm cool. I get it. Yeah. But if you don't now, respond. I see message after message. It's open. It's been read. I follow up saying, "Hey, listen, if you don't want me to respond, or if you want to talk to me, just please tell me. I'd love to get you into this, though." Nope. Yeah, I mean that's that's the worst when they don't give you anything, and it takes all of an L, right? Uh-oh. Yeah, no. that's and it. Some people, I guess, are afraid to say no. Yeah, because they don't, the they don't want that I've... email coming back later that you turned down the guy that could have put them on the side of the Daytona 500 winning car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that... Why did I not know about this? Well, I told him no. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's... For what... It... I, I love racing. I love the Arctic Series for what it's worth, the Truck Series for what it's worth, the Expanded Series for what it's worth, the Cup Series. It's just the money's got to figure itself out or we're going to have more Kyle Busch issues. Because we haven't talked about Kyle in a couple of minutes. But we're going to have these great drivers that can't go anywhere because they say, I know my worth. I know my value. And I, nobody can touch it. But, okay. Kyle, I'm but. sorry. Kyle, I'm sorry. But Kyle <laughs> and Denny and Kurt Bush are kind of the last, well, Kevin Harvick are kind of that last big 2005 ish. Of money, people left. Like we're yeah, getting the last Mohicans. Yeah, the money is getting younger, so that they're getting cheaper, of course. But the you know, like Chase Elliott, championship winner, his price is going up. Well, okay. If you were Joe Gibbs, would you try to sign Kyle for another year and pay twenty million dollars, or get Ty in that car for five million? Oh, Ty's coming for free because it's it's Grandpa Joe. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, 
I, I was very skeptical of Ty when he came out of the scene, and then when I saw him light up the Arca series, I'm like, yeah, that's Arca series, though. You know, one person usually stands out pretty well, and they go, okay. But then I've seen how well he does everywhere, and the few times I've met him and talked to him, he's just so down to earth, and you can't believe he's so young. You're like, okay, this kid's going somewhere. Hey, he finished the race at Pocono. That's kind of, I mean, again, being, That's the, big deal. being the old school cup fan, that kind of doesn't mean what it used to, but it still means something. Oh, yeah. And not knowing what that car drives like, never testing it and just jumping in and going. And he finished 16th. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that means something. Still means something. Never, I mean, the oh. new shift and all the, I mean, the new car, I mean, it, it's definitely different than the Xfinity car. So. Yeah, and I didn't expect him to go out and set the world on fire with Pocono, or I expected him to do a little better at Indy, but at the same time, new car, you don't have any idea how that car balances out. So, Tim, we've got three minutes left, well, less than three minutes, because i got outro music and all this other fun stuff. So, where where should people go to look for you, and if they want to, if, if somebody out there has millions of dollars laying around, they want to they talk to you about where can people find you at? You can find me on Facebook, look up Leonard Motorsports Marketing, Instagram is the same, and then Twitter is basically the same. <laughs> Official <laughs> underscore LMM underscore. Yeah, I was gonna say the. Twitter's... Make sure you put the underscores in there, please. You don't, just make <laughs> just make sure you put the, both underscores in there. <laughs> it happens, Tim. I know. Trust well, me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, I know you you can't get into, but. Officially, but we're, you're not done yet. 2023 looks good, is what I, I'm, I'm feeling from you. 20, 2023 is looking very good for terms of just right now what I've been trying to do is get my name out there because the off-season, so starting in November, you know, the off-season starts, but that's when all the business picks up. So the deals are being made, the money's changing hands quicker, deals are closing a lot quicker. So it's kind of getting my name out there now and proving that I am capable of doing this. So when November comes around, it's just green light go. So putting a fair offer on the table to you, if you ever have a opportunity where you need cheap media exposure, I know a guy uh, <laughs> who, loves, oh, yeah? <laughs> who loves to talk NASCAR, right? Does he like has Kyle a global Bush? market it. Who loves Kyle Bush and Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, <laughs> And M&M's. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> and Skittles. <laughs> Equally. Mm, I do like Skittle. Yeah, I was going to say. Tim, I appreciate uh, you, man. And uh, thanks again. Hey, this, thanks. Is, this was fun. Yeah. I, like I said, it filled, filled my uh, hunger for NASCAR for at least another couple couple of weeks at least. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hit me up if you want to talk NASCAR again. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it'll happen. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So there's Tim, Tim Leonard there. Uh, wow, that was fun. Like I said, you guys have to indulge me once in a while. NASCAR is just that thing that it's been part of my life since like 1992. It's kind of been there when the before the NFL, and the NFL has kind of faded back out, and NASCAR is still there. And it's something the family has, still gathers around. I watch NASCAR pretty much every Sunday with my mom, and every once in a while the kids pop in, and it's kind of been one of those things. It goes back to the grandparents were watching it, and I didn't ask the breakfast question. Oh, I'm fired. That's all there is to it. I'll have to get them on social media and ask them. I'll just have to do that. I can't believe. I failed. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's 
been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.